listening to this obviously you saw avengers or you don't care about spoilers but obviously from the sounds of it everybody in the world at least saw this once so yeah it's there's three children in africa who are suffering because they haven't seen this movie yet and there'll be a telethon for them coming up so <laughs> everybody else saw it send in game to africa So we should mention uh, this whole review is probably going to be pretty spoilery. Yeah, I think we're just going to jump right in, assuming anybody listening to this has seen the movie or has already had it spoiled for them by somebody else. Mm -hmm. I recommend not listening to this until you see the movie. If you're, I don't, I don't know who's on the fence about Avengers Endgame. It's part twenty-two of a series. I think at this point you're either in or you're out. But. yeah, I, I would definitely try to go into it spoiler-free if that's the choice you're making. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did a pretty smart thing where, what was it, the Russos released like 10 minutes of, of footage from the movie, and that's what they had to cobble together a trailer from. Yeah, and then so. some of it was bullshit because some of it wasn't in the, in the movie. <laughs> I liked that. When I realized, like, I'm literally sitting in the theater, and I realized, like, oh, given what's happening on the screen, I know that some of the stuff that was in the trailer is not going to be happening. <laughs> that made me happy. I was like, good, now I know less than I thought I knew. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I guess let's just jump into it. All right. So we kind of, we kind of, uh, we get Tony coming back home, of course. Which we figured, and that's sort of what Captain Marvel plays in. Yep. And I don't know, because the post credit scene in Captain Marvel was her responding to the beeper. Right. And then finding out that Nick Fury is gone. So I'm assuming she came to Earth, said, where's Nick Fury? They kind of clued her in. And then they sent her out searching for Tony and the survivors. Yeah, it's not 100% clear whether she was searching for them or whether she just found them and was like, where? Earth? Okay, I'll take you to Earth. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really care. Like, she could have been on her way to Earth to answer the beeper, or she could have had already been to Earth and then gone out looking for Tony. But... Yeah, we just don't sort of get an answer where her part is after finding the beeper, Yeah, how that fits into the continuity. Not, but I'm, not a huge deal. It's just kind of... a just trying to piece stuff together into my head and I'm like okay. yeah when I was watching the movie I took it as she was just on her way to earth saw them kind of picked them up for the ride um, but in retrospect it could be that she'd already been to earth and was sent out to look for them either way no. doesn't really matter yeah. she, sa- she saves Tony and we get that fantastic moment where he gets off and he's like right up in Cap's grill like immediately yeah. like and I, I liked that because I liked, I mean, this, a lot of what the 11 years have been about have been about these two and their conflicting personalities and conflicting approaches to things. Um, I like that this movie starts with them just basically like, no, fuck this. <laughs> Tony's basically claiming, well, 
see, I was right the whole time, and Cap is still thinking, no, I'm right the whole time. And I think they both kind of present sem- semi-reasonable arguments, right? Like it's mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We get Tony looking like emaciated, which was pretty good. Yeah. The the special effects they used were pretty good to Yeah. To do that. Um Yeah, and and uh yeah, them just arguing, like him bringing up he's like, Remember when I said I wanted to do this? And you were like, Oh, but our precious freedoms and stuff. So yeah, you get to see them argue. It's fantastic. Yeah. And it's it's the first moment that's an immediate callback to things that happened in previous movies, right? It's mm-hmm. a direct callback to uh, Winter Soldier and to the whole concept of creating a shield around um, around the Earth, right? Yeah. It's it's really neat that they just right away are like letting the audience know, at least those of us who are paying close enough attention, letting us all know, like you're gonna get lots and lots of reminders about everything that's gone on in all the other movies that you like. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Tony passes out, so he's pretty much out of commission, but they're all like, hey, we've pretty much figured out where Thanos is. Do you want to go fuck him up? And everybody's kind of like, yeah, let's go. Yep. So we're, we're what, 15 minutes into the movie when they just kill <laughs> yeah. Thanos, and you're like, oh, well, all right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that, like right away. I'm just like, well, my whole thing was they go after Thanos. I thought the movie would be them going after Thanos, getting the stones, using the stones to undo the snap. That's what I thought would happen. Mm-hmm. Right away, I'm told no. no, no. Like you're no. Sorry, I know that's what I know. That's the logical progression of the story, <laughs> and therefore, many many people have predicted that that's what's coming. <laughs> No, you're, no. They're, they're literally just chops Thanos' head off, just so there's no, like, ifs, ands, or buts. We see, like, the severed head, and you're like, nice. Yeah. Yep, and Thanos pretty much, conf- or not pretty much, he confirms that, yeah, I I used the stones to destroy the stones, so there's no, yeah. there's no take-backs on this whole 50% thing. Like, it's a done deal. And there's lots of cool, like, little details in it, too, where it's like, is it? nebula that says like like he's many things but he's not a liar yeah. and she's she's not just saying that to the other avengers she's saying that to the audience she's like don't worry like we know that he's telling the truth right now yeah which gets reiterated later when gamora lies to him about something and he's like i, I never brought you up to be a liar yeah and so yeah we kind of get that thrown back but yeah thanos he'll just straight up tell you tell you the truth about everything yeah. you're, you're not gonna like it whatsoever yeah, I mean, that's, but that's one of the interesting things about his character is that he's so self-righteous that when he tells you he's going to wipe out half the Earth's population, he doesn't understand why you think that's a bad idea. <laughs> uh, so this is where we get our big time jump. Yeah. Jump ahead five years. Everybody's sort of split up doing their own thing now. Cap is doing, like, uh, grief counseling groups. Sort of like... Uh, uh, I was going to say like AA, but it's not really the same thing. Just like sport groups. Yeah, he's running a yeah. sport group. And everybody's just sort of talking about how, like, yeah, the last five years have been shitty. They're missing the people that just up and vanished and trying to move on with their lives, but it's not necessarily as easy as that. Just kind of gives us a look into the world outside of the superheroes. 
Yeah, I like the. Uh, it's actually, I think it's one of the directors that plays. Joe, Joe Russo. Yeah, he does the. Uh, he, he gives the speech, but I tried to go on his first date since, like, since the snap. You know, mm-hmm. it's been five years, and how like he's just discussing like it's not even a if we cried it's this is when this person cried and this is when this person cried during the meal like and you're just like oh that's that's harsh it is such yeah. a dark world they've set up and like just the the overall pictures of new york leading into those moments where you're just like oh yeah look there's just an empty baseball stadium because i guess you don't need two teams in new york anymore do you <laughs> and like there's just cars that clearly were just are just where they were when it happened and nobody's bothered to clean them up five years later because it's such a depressing fucking world yeah it's like out, outside of the stadium it looks like the parking lot was just like converted into like a junkyard yeah yeah they're just like well we don't need this anymore and all this useless stuff that people had that are now gone i guess we'll just dump everything here it, it really creates a very bleak view of the world, even though the world is going on. And we see that there's still, like, everything that was happening before is still happening. There's, people are going to work. People are going out to dinner. There's crime so that Hawkeye doesn't get bored. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's all happening, but it's just such a cool world that they've set up. I love it. It's so oh, yeah. Cool yeah, we forgot to mention the movie opens with Hawkeye watching his family disappear. Yeah. Which is a bummer, but I think it's just we like oh shit we didn't mention Hawkeye last last movie so it is a, a really well executed scene I think oh yeah it's good they, they do a good job of making that feel like a family on a picnic and then everybody just kind of disappears around him and he panics I didn't I don't think I ever realized Jeremy Renner's a good actor I guess that's why they keep putting him in movies <laughs> but I like, I don't know him from much outside of the Avengers movies and he hasn't had that much challenging work. Mm-hmm. It's really good in this movie at playing like that, riding those emotions. Uh, did you ever see the town? Yeah, you're right. he's good. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good in that too. Yeah, I just forgot he was in it. Yeah, yeah. It is necessary to sort of set up like, okay, this is what he lost, and this is why he turns into uh, what comic book fans will know as his Ronin uh, persona. Yeah. Which is a sort of a persona he created because he had died in the comics, and then some weird thing happened in the comics that made sense for him to return. Yeah, but nobody knew he came back to life because he's under this Ronin persona for a long time. So, but I I I dug what they did with his character. I like the idea that he just mm-hmm. was taking out his vengeance on whomever. And, oh yeah, you know, traveling the world just murdering criminals is kind of a neat. It, it was a really dark take on him still doing what he was doing before, right? I mean, he's still mm-hmm. still a crime fighter, but now he's just doing it in this much more violent way. Yeah. And he even gets called out for it during one of the fight scenes that we see him in, where he's like, <laughs> "I'm not going to let you hurt people anymore." And the guy's like, "I I hurt people," like, and he just kind of gestures to the bodies all around them. <laughs> Um, so we kind of jumped around and now I kind of forgot well, where we were we were going through the characters so we talked mm-hmm. about Captain America and we talked about Hawkeye inadvertently mm-hmm. um, where is it we're going to talk about where Tony Stark is at this point 
where he's basically retired oh, yeah. with his family. Yeah, he's moved off into a log cabin by the lake, and we find out he's got a little girl now. Yeah, which is a little weird, because quite frankly, like Gwyneth Paltrow and Robert Downey Jr. are a bit old to be having a four-year-old daughter. <laughs> <laughs> like in a different movie, they could be the grandparents almost. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the idea that after everything that went on, Tony finally just gave it all up and retired... It's kind of interesting because he's been talking about that for ever, right? And then he finally Never. just yeah, he, pretty much ever since Iron Man three. Yeah. So when, the fact that he finally did it is interesting, and it leads to I think like some really good character stuff when oh yeah when they're telling him like we could bring back half the world, and he's saying like, but I risk losing. Like his exact line is like something like I can't risk losing what I've found just to bring back what we've lost kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I mean, that's the dilemma of every hero, right? Do I, do I put the needs of others ahead of the need of myself? And eventually, of course, he's going to choose to do that. But mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that was, I thought that was a neat setup. I thought the relationship between him and the daughter was cute. Ah. He's just basically still being that smarky Tony Stark, but he's now doing it with a kid. So, I just want to watch a movie of him and her just palling around. Yeah. And not even anything exciting. Like, it could just be day-to-day of them hanging out at that log cabin. Like, I'd be perfectly fine with it. Yeah. They uh, they just seem to get along so well in this movie. And I love every scene they have together. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're fantastic. I think the little girl's really good in her role, too. It's a relatively mm-hmm. small role, but she's... Kid actors can be problematic, and she's not. So, take that for what it's worth. Uh, we get Scarlett Johansson, or Black Widow, who uh, she's sort of uh, manning manning the lighthouse, so to speak. Yeah, she she's stayed at the Avengers compound, and she's in touch. We see the nice little uh, virtual meeting they're all having. Yeah. So uh, Nebula and Rocket are out in space. Um, doing whatever they do. Uh, Captain Marvel, of course, is out there. Rhodey is uh, still on Earth, I assume. Yeah, he was, really speculate, but they mentioned that he's in uh, Mexico. He's looking. Oh yeah, yeah that's for, right. Uh, he's looking for Clint. So yeah, he's talking about how like, like almost like what am I going to do if I find this guy? Like I can't. We can't have him doing this type of murdery stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and she's kind of defending them, just like, look, he's he sees some shit. He's got obviously got shit he needs to work out. We just need to find him so that we can talk to him. It'll be fine. Yeah, I I, I really liked her character in this too, though. I like the fact that because she was she's basically the original Avenger, right? Like in Iron Man two, when they first started putting the team together for real, mm-hmm. she's the one that was already yeah. Nick Fury's sidekick, right? And mm-hmm. so I like that she's just like she has no other family, she has nowhere else to go, so she's just still doing her thing, and she's just taking this leadership role because she's kind of been pushed into it. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I like that as a development for her character, the idea that she's kind of been promoted. Yeah, they gave her a lot to do, which is really good. Yeah, and I mean she's always been a strong character, but I, I thought like you could have put almost anyone in that role and had them do it, and we'd have been happy with it. But I think she's the logical choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always feel like they always put her in the weird 
girlfriend slash sidekick role in the last movies. Yeah. So I'm just glad we get to see something with her just being awesome and being in charge and doing something and having it actually matter. And having her use her mental capacity as well, which we know from other movies that she's had that ability. Mm-hmm. But we see her now using that as her primary weapon as opposed to her physical fighting abilities, which is a nice touch. Yeah. I, I, I like the little details with her too. Like I like that she had the red hair through most of the 11 years, and then she had the blonde hair in Infinity War. And I like that she's just let it grow. And it's like it, it sounds like a silly detail to get caught up on but the mm-hmm. idea she's just got like the blonde that tips with the red hair is just like she just hasn't bothered to take care of that sort of thing for the last five years yeah. shows that she's been spending all of her time you know trying to find thanos trying to find uh barton just doing her avengers thing yeah no need for haircuts or anything like that yeah just it, it's just one of those little details that i think they get right in these movies uh, we finally get to see Scott Lang come out of the uh, quantum realm yep. by a rat walking over the controls in the in the van that has now been stored in a self storage unit, which is kind of hilarious. <laughs> that I mean, this movie blends the drama with the humor very well. I find, yeah. and yeah. that's one of the examples. Is just like, like. They never would have saved the day had it not been for the fact that a rat walked across some controls. Well, the funny thing is that means this is the this is the one thing that Doctor Strange saw that they needed. He's like, I saw the one reality where a rat walked over the controls. That's the that's the one we need to happen. Well, no, because Doctor Strange tells us what the one thing he needed to have happen at the end. But yeah, but it, it was only a, it was only one out of. 14 yeah. billion blah 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 we don't we don't know how many times that rat walked across there and then things <laughs> didn't work out anyway and that rat wasted its effort <laughs> you feel bad for that rat and all these other realities where it didn't do shit it's like i did my job guys <laughs> it's like nobody else stepped up after i opened the quantum realm that's more than the rest of you did uh so yeah and this is where we get a little cameo from ken ken jong yeah, as a uh, security guard at the storage place, uh, I like that moment because it's funny to get like a guy like that and just put him in this little tiny role where he barely has anything to do. But well, the the funny thing is the Russo brothers used to work on Community. Yeah, so they've pretty much had. I mean, by the end of this movie, it was it four or five people cameo in in one of the. Uh, one of their movies in the MCU, so it works out. Yeah. Um, so, of course, Scott Lang sh- shows up at the Avengers compound and pretty much breaks it down. That, like, yeah, time's different in the quantum realm. In reality, we could harness it. We could probably time travel and fix all this. I like that because he's got this theory and then he's just like, but I don't know how to do any of that. I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I have a little bit of the equipment and I can kind of show it to you guys. That's uh, He's got nothing. It's kind of funny. He has no technical knowledge whatsoever. So, of course, they go to Tony. Tony's like, nah. Yeah. This is where we get the big, like, yeah, we can bring everybody back, but I'm not risking my daughter, daughter's existence for half the population of the entire universe. Yeah. Thanks. I think you get a really neat transition moment with Tony Stark here too, because 
so after everybody else has gone to he everyone else has left and he's there and he figures out the time travel thing by himself alone in his kitchen and he has another moment with his daughter where he gets her like uh juice pops juice pops yeah and <laughs> this is after getting to hear her say shit which is awesome yeah a lot of little fun moments but I, the moment i love is the moment where he comes in and he's asking pepper about like her day and she's talking about some inconsequential thing composting, composting. Yeah. And he's like what's new in composting anyway and she's about to answer and he's like i figured it out you know and that moment was an iron man moment that's that cocky <laughs> arrogant tony stark that turned himself into iron man is the guy that would ask pepper a question and then i just i was just bringing that up to be polite we got to talk about my thing right now and of course obviously his thing is a little more important than composting in the moment so yeah you should be talking about it and she's the one that tells him like he's like i could just put this away and go to bed and she's like yeah but would you rest uh, i love that line it's like yeah look there's a reason that you became iron man instead is because you felt like you needed to help and you're not done yet mm -hmm. so she was the one holding him back in previous movies and now she's the one kind of pushing him forward which i liked yeah, yeah. <laughs> which he brings up like well, I mean, you know, and she's like, controlling you has been the one, the greatest failure of my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. They have a really weird relationship, the two of them. I'm still yeah. not sure how much I like that. <laughs> uh, we do get uh, them going to the Hulk. Yeah. Who we now find out is, in the, what is in the comics, is referred to as Professor Hulk. Yeah. Just when he's merged his brain and the Hulk body together, so he kind of gets the best of both worlds. Yeah, see, this is this is the probably the the character I like the least in this movie. Yeah, uh, it it just there was something about having him look like the Hulk, but then he's like, uh, I don't know, he's just a, almost like a joke character. Like they definitely use the fact that he's got the brains to do things. Mm -hmm. they don't, uh, well, he's not. They're not interested in having him do really anything physical throughout the entire movie. Well, his character, his character really has no arc in the movie, right? So I mean, everybody kind of gets something. Like Tony's got the daughter, but then discovers time travel. Um, everybody's kind of lost somebody because of this finger snap. Uh, which he really hasn't. And there's no, like, well, I need to figure out how to merge the Hulk together. Like, when we meet him, like, it's just, that's just who he is. He's already done it off screen. So, yeah, there's really nowhere for him to go. And that's, I don't know, like, the, what they've been hinting at since the first Avengers movie is that he's working towards some kind of, deal between the two personas where they'd be able to switch back and forth on command mm -hmm. um, and I don't know that this kind of flies in the face of that where they merge the two rather than learning how to share they just kind of create this third persona um, I don't know I, I just didn't love it yeah I mean there's not like a ton of reasons for them to do that really um but yeah, is is what it is, I guess. Yeah, he basically signs on, but he's like, I don't know. There's stuff 
Like this, this is still stuff that I don't even wholly understand. So I mean, I'll do what I can, but I'm not. I'm not the best for this. Yeah, this part can. of what I do. Yeah, I think that's. This is where I guess my. I, I want to finish complaining about this before we move on. But it's, <laughs> I really feel like it could have been if you had just had this be banner the whole time. Like the mm. fact that he's the Hulk is almost irrelevant. Yeah. And then if you had him turn back into the Hulk right at the end when his physical strength is needed, like for the because there's the moment where he puts on the gauntlet yeah. like you could have had him become the Hulk at that point and then you could have had him you get that cool Hulk moment at the end where he's got to hold up the building and everything and have him do all that heroic stuff as the Hulk but you could have just had him be Banner this whole time and it would have worked fine the Professor Hulk stuff feels like it was maybe forced in because they were trying to they're trying to do as much Hulk stuff as they can in without making a Hulk movie because they can't. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Um, well, I guess they would maybe think that he needs the, the mental capacity of Bruce Banner for the gauntlet stuff later, but I don't know. There's, it's just a weird thing just to be like, well, he's professor Hulk now and have them just be like, well, that's our explanation. We don't need to, yeah. Don't need to worry about it after that. Um, so yeah, so they kind of work out all the time travel stuff. Uh, Rocket and Gamora show back up and destroy Ant-Man's tacos, which is pretty hilarious. <laughs> Hulk gets him a new taco. It's, it's all fine. Uh, then Hulk and Rocket are <laughs> have been given the task of going to find uh, Thor yeah. Um, the uh, the funny thing is, I told Amanda I like leaned over when this scene happened because it just cuts to Hulk sitting in the back of a truck with Rocket. Yeah. And there's this music playing, and they're in this very scenic country. And so I leaned over to Amanda. I'm like, this part feels like a Wes Anderson movie, just like the type of music they were using yeah. and stuff. I'm like, this is hilarious. Oh, I, I laughed out loud at that moment. <laughs> It was just, yeah, it was great. And the Thor stuff for me is awesome. Like, I love the hard drinking Thor that we had in like the first Thor movie, where he was like, remember like the scene where he smashes his glass and he's like, "Bring me more ale," and they're like, "We don't do that here on Earth." Like, I like that he kind of went back to that, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that he would be like he's suffering so much guilt as a result of everything that he just wants to kind of disappear. Uh, out of the way and he's you know brought in his friends and he's just hanging out playing video games and I thought that stuff was hilarious like when uh, uh, whatever the giant monster's name is and he's like Thor the kid's being a dick to me on the TV again and <laughs> Thor like threatens to blow up the kid he's like thanks Thor thank you <laughs> yeah I love Korg, Korg's awesome yeah I mean that that stuff was just hilarious and I love fat out of shape Thor. <laughs> yeah. And the, like, the thing is, like, the whole time I'm like, he reminds me of somebody right now. And then Tony Stark calls him Lebowski. And I'm like, oh my God, perfect. <laughs> That's totally it. It's, it's definitely the big Lebowski if he had the powers of a god, which is <laughs> what a great combination. It's a combination you didn't know you wanted until you saw it. No, I did not know I wanted that at all. And I'm so glad I got to see it. 
Uh, so yeah, Thor is a giant mess. But they trick him into coming back because they told him they had beer on the, <laughs> on the ship. I like the what kind. I love that line of dialogue. <laughs> you know, hidden in all that, though, is the fact that he's created a new Asgard on Earth and that the Asgardians mm-hmm. that survived are setting up a new society, which is neat. I like that. And I think there leaves potential there for a future something to be done with that. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what exactly. Yeah. And we should mention uh, Valkyrie. Valkyrie's there. Yeah. Haven't seen her since the end of uh, Thor Ragnarok. Right. Um, yeah. So then that just takes us to the time travel stuff, doesn't it? Yeah. Right, so... Travel. So what did you think of their weird explanation of time travel where they say like, yeah, everything is linear. So we go back, we take the time stone out of that timeline, but all that stuff still has to have happened for us to get here. So it doesn't change anything coming forward. Yeah. Did that make any sense to you? Cause I don't think yeah. it necessarily makes sense, but then again, this is a comic book movie about time travel. So I don't know that it has to. Uh, I mean, it makes sense if you, li- <laughs> this is going to be the weirdest comparison. If you think about it from the sense of uh, Bill and Ted, okay, where they're like, "All right, dude, we have to remember to go back and get your dad's keys and put them by the sign." They'd be like, "All right, remember to get the keys." And then they look down, and the keys are there, and they're like, "Awesome!" So it's pretty much that. But then they have to actually follow up and do the time traveling and take the keys and then make sure to leave them by the sign. So it's kind of like that, I guess. But the funny thing is, they completely break that. Like, I have questions about this whole time travel scenario by the time we get to the end of the movie that they don't address, but we'll get there. Yeah, well, I think, and I think they, like, the, it is a bit hand wavy. Um, mm-hmm. The idea that, like, yeah, 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 everything happened exactly the same. That's the past. You can't alter the past by changing something in the future. And when you go back there, it becomes the future. So changing the future doesn't alter the past. And they, trust us kind of thing you yeah. know what I mean? and it it's their version of that scene in looper where they're like look we could talk about this all day it's never going to start to make sense so yeah. just move on and i think that that's exactly what they do yeah my yeah. <laughs> my favorite part of the discussion is when they're like wait so back to the future was bullshit and then like what 10 minutes later they're doing the back to the future thing where the original scene is playing and they're running around in the background <laughs> oh, yeah. like you you fuckers, you said that was bullshit, but you're doing it yourself right now. Yeah, as soon as we got in the car from seeing the movie, I just blurted out, I'm like, they Back to the Future tuned it. <laughs> they totally did. I loved, I, I mean, I loved a lot of that stuff. You know, I, I liked the idea of splitting them up. They had to do it. You can't have that whole team traveling around together. Yeah. But I liked a lot of those. Like, do we want to talk, do we just want to go through each individual mission and talk about what we liked yeah. and didn't like about each one? Or? Yeah, well, they discovered during their brainstorming session, like, if we pick the right time, there are three time stones in New York. I mean, so we literally go. could just go to one time and get all three of them. And that works. And that's like, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Yeah. And of course, you know, so they jump back to the Battle of New York, which is a super fun callback. Mm-hmm. to have like the battle going on all around them and they're back in it. I thought that was great. <laughs> um, get to see... So what do we see? We see Captain America fight Captain America, which is fun. Which is awesome, yeah. Yeah, that that moment where he goes, I could do this. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I'm just I like, know. 
<laughs> fucking like they're just nailing it and i think I, this is going to be really specific to me but i think my favorite moment in the whole fucking movie is when cap gets on that elevator and looks around and i'm like oh my fucking god you're like gonna do the winter soldier scene again and then he just talks his way out of it so he doesn't have to fight all those guys (laughs) and and he uses the hail hydra thing to get himself out and i'm just like oh my god i love it and everybody's like all like shocked like oh my god we got captain america on our side this is amazing (sighs) so fucking good What did you think about the fact that they resurrected Loki after they said no resurrections this time? I know, right? I was... I was... uh, See, this is part of my uh, thing. We're like, well, we can't change the past because it will, you know, fuck up the future or whatever. But, I mean, Loki... Loki's got the Tesseract again, and he uh, just... just blinks his way out of of the situation. We don't know where he went. Yeah. And so presumably, well, we know where he goes. He goes to his own show on the Disney stream. That's right. So, (laughs) but you know, the idea that he is, um, the idea that he was dead pre the snap and now he's back Mm -hmm. is that's the one thing I said, I didn't want them to do, but I didn't think they'd think of something this clever. (laughs) (laughs) Cause the one thing about introducing time travel is always like, you don't want them to just be able to undo things. And that's because of the way they've set up the rules. They can't undo things. They can fix things, but they can't undo them, which is different. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that they've found a way to put him just out there. And whenever, if they ever need him again, he's out there. Or it could just be a funny moment where he picked it up and zapped himself into existence and whatever. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's weird. Um, oh, I had a point. I completely forgot it. Well, he... He hasn't, he hasn't gone through everything like we saw him. So he had actually somewhat come around to being a good, I don't want to say a good guy, but a good person Right. where he was at least willing to sacrifice himself to help someone else, which was good. But now he's maybe just asshole Loki still. Yeah, the Loki that's out there now is the Loki that was going to pull that guy's eye out of his socket. Yeah. In the original Avengers. So, I don't know how that's going to play, but yeah. we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do with that. For like, for I say, they could bring him back, but they could also just not. That's the yeah. other option. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was interesting to see sort of behind the scenes of scenes that we already saw. Yeah. Like when Tony Stark's like spying on him and. He comes in on the scene where they're all huddled around Loki laying on the floor. And Loki's like, well, maybe we would have that drink now. And then Tony Stark's like, all right, well, let's get him up. We can we can do a pose down some other day or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> like calling out themselves. There's just enough of that sort of meta humor in it that I enjoyed. Uh, then they all like, then we get to see like the cleanup. Like, okay, the superheroes are done. Now here come all the shield slash hydra agents to come in and secure everything and take it off and and then they all get in the elevator to go down and Hulk tries to step on and they're like, Whoa, no, that's so fast. <laughs> they make him take the stairs, which just pisses him off. That's pretty funny. <laughs> we also get in this moment here we get um 
Robert Redford showing up, and you're like, holy shit, they got yeah. Robert Redford in for this tiny little part? Yeah. Like, they, that's nuts. I feel like they pulled in every favor for this movie. Yeah. Well, I think everybody who signed on in the, to the later movies, like, maybe not yeah. people who signed on in Phase 1, but everybody else that signed on knew what they were signing up for, and they did it on purpose, right? Yeah, probably. It was probably written into their contract that they could call them in for short like a day or two of shooting or something if they needed to <clears throat> so I, I did find it really interesting that this is the moment where we get failure right we get yeah so loki takes off the test rack they don't get it and they got to figure out how to jump again mm -hmm. yeah because that's the big plot point they only have enough pin particles for one jump each like round trip yeah so it's like if we okay we fucked up you know, loki's got it he's disappeared so we pretty much like are done. Yeah. But then, uh, was it, Tony comes up with the ingenious, well, I know there's a point where the Tesseract and the Pym Particles were side by side. We could jump there, get the Tesseract, get more Pym Particles, and then be, be done. Yeah. I find they do a good job of taking advantage of their time travel here, too, where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. so they jump back. And they're going to grab that stuff, but they're not in a. At no point they're not in a hurry. Does that make sense? Like that's because yeah. that's one of the things that happens in a lot of time travel movies is they, they're always in a hurry, and you're like, but you're time traveling. Why would you have to hurry? That doesn't make any sense. And so I, I like that they, you know, jumped back in time to 1970 or whatever it is, and then they traveled to New Jersey, and they're in different clothes and doing the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's the way they've set it up is like they all leave at the same time. It'll take however long it takes for everybody to do what they need to do. And then when they all come back, they'll all come back to the same time. Right. So, yeah, there's no uh there's no there's no worrying about like, well shit, if I don't meet up with everybody at the right exact time, then we're all going to get fucked. Yeah. Which is it's better cuz it it gives them all it avoids any weird things where they're all trying to get stuff done in a certain amount of time, despite again, despite having time travel. It's always a problem for me. Mm -hmm. They did a good job of writing around it. Yeah. What did you think of the stuff where Tony gets to meet his own dad hanging uh, out there for a while? I mean, yeah. You know, pulls at the heartstrings. Don't know if we 100% need it, but I mean, it is good to see Tony kind of get closure with his dad that he never got. Yeah, As we we learned in like Winter Soldier and all that stuff. Yeah, it is. It's nice to see them tying up the old storylines. I don't know mm -hmm. how much. Maybe there was almost a little bit too much time there. Mm -hmm. They yeah. didn't do the joke I thought they were going to do, where I thought Tony was going to suggest his own name because they were because <laughs> he was uh, bouncing around like different names, and I'm like, oh, he's going to tell him to name him Tony. <laughs> no, it didn't end up there. Uh, we see uh, we see Yvette Brown from Community. This is where her yep. scene is. That checks her off the Community bingo card. Um, yep. uh, Steve runs into Peggy. Yeah. In indirectly, he gets to look at her through a window. That part, that's and that always gets to me. Just I find with the Captain America character, and as much as it's the the actor or the writing, I don't know, mm -hmm. but. When he when he sees her and he just kind of fucking stops, I'm like I buy right into that. I'm just yeah. like that's a guy who's been through a lot of shit and just remembers the last thing that kind of made him happy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, during the uh, support group scene, he talks about how he met the love of his life, and then the next day was <laughs> trapped in ice for 70 years. Yeah. So, yeah, you do get that moment where it's just like, ah, oh, fuck, like, that was everything right there, and I, I can't even, like, talk to her or do anything. And Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so then, anyways, they make it, they get back, they save yeah. the day. <laughs> It's Captain America and Iron Man teaming up. They're not going to fuck it up. They're going to save the day. No. Yeah. They even get the Stanley cameo. Of course. Oh, can. yeah. We haven't mentioned that. Yeah. The Stanley with the Nuff said bumper sticker, which is nice. Yeah. Then they make love, not war, which the, the night I went and saw it, everybody erupted when they saw him. Yeah. And there was a lot of laughing and clapping during this movie yeah. in my theater, but it was all okay. It was all like. It was a real audience oh. that was really into the movie. So oh, yeah. They laughed because something funny happened, and they clapped at the moments like Stanley showing up. Yeah. So, yeah, I had lots of that in my theater on the first viewing, which I was very happy with. Even more coming up. Um. So then, what? Gamora and uh, Nebula. I mean, Nebula. or Nebula and War Machine. Yeah, they get They're... sent to interrupt Quill doing his <laughs> song and dance routine. Which is fantastic, because we do get to see part of the opening from Guardians where he's just dancing and shit. But then we see it, see it from their point of view without the music. <laughs> and I just love that Rhodey just looks at her. He's like, "So he's an idiot." And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fantastic moment because you just realize how dumb that guy looks if he's you know not if you, if you cut that music out. <laughs> And that's like one of those jokes too, where you're just like, "Oh yeah!" Like in movies, they do this all the time, where a character is listening to music and we play it like it's happening for everybody. But why? Why would it be? Uh, um, so yeah, they knock him out and then go grab the orb. Um, but we see Nebula just shove a robotic arm through the force field. Yeah, burned up, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a pretty cool moment, and you can see the look on her face. She's kind of gives that like, like, I don't want to be able to do this, but since I can do it, I better help out, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so then, yeah, Rhodey takes it and hits his time jump button. She's about to, but then gets like a weird like, I don't know what you call it, like a robotic seizure type thing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what you call it, but basically because there's two of her online in the same timeline now they've they're kind of sharing a mind which is, mm. is not both... something i'd ever thought about to be totally honest yeah yeah because then like the memories that things that she's seeing of the original nebula then starts seeing them and automatically projecting out of her eye and they throw it away with like they're sharing the same neuro network or something something yeah. robotic that people People won't question. Yeah, so, enough, enough sciencey words that we're not going to question it. Yeah. So. so there's basically clues in uh, Thanos that yeah, there's time travel involved. At some point, you did collect the Infinity Stones, and now they're here to stop you through time travel. But you basically gives him a, a heads up and a way to co-opt the situation and right. try to take advantage of it, which I think is really clever. Um, mm -hmm. I thought, cause the, I was wondering, like, how does this movie climax? As all this stuff is happening, I'm thinking, this is cool. 
But do they just literally go on their missions, collect the stones, and then come back, and then what? Mm. And as soon as you start to see Thanos piecing it together, I'm like, oh, I see. Somehow Thanos is coming to the future with us. <laughs> just we have to fight him again. That's a neat idea. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the that they go get her and then lock her up and then send the nebula from the past into the future. And then he's able to go through all of future Nebula's memories. So basically learn everything she knows about what happens and what their plans are and stuff. Yeah. I like the part where he just he sees all this and all he does is think, Oh, I should have had I should have killed way more people. Really <laughs> broken down the universe even more. Uh yeah. So basically, yeah, her she then comes back as like a Thanos' agent or whatever, thinking that they won't there's there's some for some reason there's a difference in her shielding or something on her face that they can just take off and put on her face and yeah. they look identical. So um and then uh Hawkeye and Black Widow head off to to see Red Skull. Uh, let's see Red Skull. And then they realize someone's got to be, be sacrificed. And I thought this was interesting where they start fighting over who was going to be sacrificed, but not in the yeah. way you thought they would. It's like, no, I'm going to do it. Like, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. I predicted that. I did not predict the outcome. I assumed, oh, me neither. Like, I assumed that you would get Barton saying, like, okay, that's great. I've been you're going to bring back my family, but they're going to come back to this new version of me, this guy who's been murdering people left, right, and center for five years. Like, I, you know, I want them back, but I can't bring them back to this guy, and then he would allow himself to be killed or whatever. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that the only way they decided is just whoever physically bests the other one. <laughs> That's who gets to die. Um, yeah. you know, why not? I like having them throw down one last little fight. It's not mm -hmm. a huge one because you don't want to see those two characters hurting each other a lot. Yeah. But. Yeah. It's just, yeah. who Whoever can get, get off that cliff first and sort of last, I guess. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Um, yeah. Definitely was not expecting how that went down. Yeah. yeah. I did not predict. Like, one of the things, again, this is where they fuck with our expectations one of the things that I've been saying is like, well, we know which characters are going to survive the movie. We don't know everybody, but we know Spider-Man's going to survive because there's a Spider-Man movie coming out in a couple of months. Like, yeah. you know, Nick Fury's going to survive because he's in that fucking movie. There's a Black Widow movie coming. Mm -hmm. So the fuckers killed her off just to mess with my brain. In other words. <laughs> <laughs> just to make me go, okay, I guess all those other characters could die too now. I don't know. I don't fucking know. Nobody's understand. safe. It's yeah. I did not anticipate it. In retrospect, like it makes sense. She's sort of the original, and if this is the end of the Avengers, like I say, then it makes sense to kill her off. Like where any other character could survive this movie and move on. She has nowhere to move on to, right? She's the only. Mm -hmm. one. So it, it's logical. Yeah. But it's it certainly surprised me. It seems to have surprised a lot of people. Uh, then we get uh, Thor and Rocket running around Asgard. Asgard. 
So did they actually get Natalie Portman back for that? That's something I haven't had a chance to look up yet. I haven't either, because... They give her credit, in it, but I don't know if they just used mm. old footage or what. I don't either. Now, because she had... Uh, apparently there had been a rocky relationship between Marvel and her, which is why yeah. after Thor 2, she, didn't, she wasn't in anything. But they're saying she did show up to the premiere for Avengers Endgame. So maybe they've mended some fences, at least, enough to... To maybe work together a little bit. Don't know. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I still don't know. I mean, there's no direct interaction with her with anybody. But it's kind of weird because if they got her back, you would think you would think that if she if they got her back, they would have had her and Thor have a scene. Yeah. But I don't understand. Again, I'm not even sure how the laws work. Are you allowed to just use old footage and edit it in? I guess you are. Yeah, I would assume that would be owned by them, and then they can use it however they want. But I would. Think. I'm sure they. I'm sure they have to compensate her somehow. So, yeah, I'm sure there's much. Yeah, I'm looking it up now, and they're leftover footage from previous movies. It looks like. Okay, that makes sense. Um. So yeah, they're oh, playing. Oh, but apparently they use her voice. So oh, she did okay. a little voiceover work, which is yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, that works. Uh, so the plan is for Rocket to go to go in and use this tool to get the ether out of her, and Thor is supposed to distract her, but of course he chickens out because now he's fat, gross. Thor doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And plus, he's still got this PTSD stuff going on, so he ends up chickening out. So Rocket's sort of on his own and causes sort of off-screen causes all sorts of havoc that we don't get to see, but... Um, and then Thor, of course, runs into his mom, and she gives him a nice little pep talk. Yeah. It's nice to see Rene Russo come back, get to do something. It was nice, actually. Like, I thought that scene was handled really well. It really felt like kind of a mom and son. Yeah. It's another and, back, to, back to the Future moment, too. Eh? They do the no, whole, totally. like, I'm going to tell you about your... No, don't tell me about the future. Nope. nope that's, <laughs> that's my business. That's not... Yeah. Um, someone on um, some video I watched said they counted it up and she had like twice as many lines in this as she had in the first two Thor movies put together. Oh, really? Yeah. It In the first couple of Thor movies, she's, it's surprising that they got Rene Russo for the role because she's not, she's not a particularly important character. She's kind of a side mm-hmm. character, right? Yeah. Yeah. They don't really do anything with her. So this is, this is a big moment to shine in this movie. And it's kind of funny. It, it is it is kind of an interesting thing because it's these are like these godly characters, but they're very human in the sense that like when all when all shit all goes wrong, it's like the guy just needs to sit down and talk to his fucking mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that's what any character in any movie would have to do. Yeah, and he's he, she pretty much like you're not the Thor I know. He's like nope, totally the same, totally totally <laughs> Thor, and she's like. You must be a Thor from the future. He's like, no. All right, yes, I'm totally Thor from the future. He just breaks down and starts like, crying and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is a really good actor. Uh, he's like, amazing in this. His ability to turn on like the comedic chops, but then still pull off the like, I'm the big badass Thor stuff, is yeah. On top of the, I'm the big badass depressed Thor who feels yeah. like it's his fault that everything got ruined. Yeah. He kind of plays all three of those characters at different points in this movie. You know, same guy, but three versions of Thor. Yeah. It's, 
it's really good that he can pull off all three. Mm. I've always said that there's like a specific acting type that can be in this type of movie. Like guys that can, you know, pretend to be a superhero and pull it off with a serious look on their faces. <laughs> Few and far between that can really do it well. Mm. Uh, so yeah, then uh, they get their stuff and then head home. Yeah. And then uh, they're all rejoicing like we did it. They pull out a special Iron Man gauntlet that apparently they made. Apparently they made, yeah. The, some of that stuff I find that maybe they hand-waved it too much. I get your movie can't be more than three hours long. Yeah. Hello, dude. Are you there? Hello? Hello? Alright, you dropped out as soon as, you, as soon as you said I understand your movie can't be more than three hours long, and then you just cut off. That's because I criticized a Disney movie, and when you criticize okay. a Disney movie, they cut off your mic, even if they, <laughs> even if you're recording alone in your basement to a show with twelve listeners, they still know. <laughs> Disney pushed that button. They're like, cut it off, cut it off. Yeah. No, I mean, my, the point I was making was simply that, yeah, it, it feels a little rushed. Some of that stuff. Mm. Um, now, I I think where the movie is successful is that it spends a lot of time on the character moments and doesn't spend its time explaining every little detail of every little thing because I'd rather have the character moments. You have to pick. That's, that's I guess, my point of it can't be more than three hours long. You're having to pick between an extra scene of Tony building a glove or a scene of Tony and his daughter. And I'll take the scenes of Tony and his daughter any day. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so Hulk puts it on. Essentially, uh, snaps his fingers and restores life back to 50% of the universe. Yeah. I like the idea that they say yeah, all these people are just back. They're just back mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And they're, wherever they were, they're just going to reappear right in that spot. Get, good luck figuring shit out, guys. <laughs> yeah, Tony, make sure to tell them, like, don't bring them back to then. Bring them back to now. The five years has happened. Yeah. yeah. Again, his daughter. He doesn't want to fuck any of that stuff up. And so they just symbolize that by uh, birds randomly showing up, and yeah. Scott just being like, "Ah, oh, we did it." Now the funny cool. thing is, the funny thing is they really sort of focus on the snapping of the fingers in this movie, which really is just a dramatic effect, like in the comics, and then. I would assume reality, you don't have to snap your fingers. You could just mentally think it, and it should happen. Oh, I disagree. Yeah. You, you need the gauntlet, right? You can't control the the stones without the gauntlet. Okay. So therefore, there must be something physically to do with the gauntlet to make them work. There must be something built into that magic gauntlet that's preventing them from just going off all the time. Mm. And that makes it like it also the gauntlet also makes it so humans can then lift it, right? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. So, I just yeah. thought it was kind of funny. They're like, man, yeah, they're really yeah. they're really doubling down on snapping fingers in this movie. Well, one presumes that the first gauntlet was designed where you have to snap the fingers, and then they're basing their design on that. So, yeah, it's that one silly little decision that uh, <laughs> Peter Dinklage made in the previous movie when he was designing it. God damn it. Uh, so, of course, this is where we get uh, Nebula. We find out that she has accessed the time travel uh, MacGuffins and uh, allowed Thanos' ship to come through the quantum realm. And so it 
bursts through the uh, headquarters and then rebiggins up in the sky and starts raining down hellfire on top of the uh, the compound. Yeah. And so this is pretty much the last hour of the movie. This is when the final fight starts. <laughs> Which I just find it hilarious that the like pretty much the final battle this is the entire last hour of the movie. Yeah. But I mean it's a huge battle. Oh it is. When, it's awesome. When, those, when all the like sorcerer supreme portal things start opening up, whatever those are called, and you just see the different armies come through. You mm. see the Ars Guardians arrive, and you see the guys that were up on the planet show up, like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange come in, and you're just like, oh my god. Like Each moment as they come riding in, you're like, yep, there's the one I was looking for. Oh yeah, oh. Because I had like even made, like, I didn't even thought about the fact that, like, how the hell are they gonna get Black Panther in this movie? Like, <laughs> he should be here, right? Like, but, and then uh, I'm like, oh, there he is. One of the sorcerers just opened a portal for him and he walked through it. Now he's here with everybody uh, else. Yeah, which we totally forgot. Yeah, Bruce Bruce Banner slash Hulk goes to talk to the Ancient One. And basically it just drops at some point that Strange gave up the stone on purpose, which was all that it took for her to be like, well, he must have done it on purpose because he's going to be the greatest sorcerer supreme of all time. So yeah, here you go. I think that Tilda Swinton does a really good job of playing that character where she just kind of does that weird thing where she's like, oh, you're five years too early for him to show up. We know what Doctor Strange has to go through. (laughs) So how does she already know that he's going to be here in five years? And it's that weird, like, Mm. all-seeing possession of the time gem thing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we get get, uh, those weird monsters invading the tunnels underneath the... The Avengers compounds to Jeremy Renner, who finds the gauntlet, has to uh, use his archery skills and the ninja sword to fight them off. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We cut to Iron Man, Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor just looking at Thanos, who's just sitting there waiting. So he sends uh, Gamora off. He's like, "Go, go get my, go find my gauntlet or my stones or whatever." And then he just sits down, and they're just like, "What's do it?" I don't know. He hasn't done nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when they go, "Should we go get him?" And uh, is it Thor? They say, "You guys know this is a trap, right?" And they're like, "Yeah, I know, but we gotta go get him." Like, what else are we gonna do? <laughs> and he's like, "Okay, just making sure we're on the same page." And then, of course, the lightning eyes light up. <sighs> yeah, and this is what I really liked. Um, because in the comics and everything, Thor, Iron Man, and Captain America are sort of noted as the big three in the Avengers group. Yeah, uh, like the Justice League has the has the they're called like the Seven or whatever, and it's like the Seven original original members, which is like Flash, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, all that stuff. Yeah. And so you get to see the big three kind of saunter down, have a little conversation. This is where we get uh, Thanos basically saying, "Yeah, like you guys have just shown me that I, my my plan was foolish, and I just need to to break the entire universe down and then remake it with people who don't know that, that this had ever happened and just be grateful that they're alive." So yeah. now we you know, yeah, the universe is really a stake now. Yeah, um, which is you know, yeah, pretty typical comic book stuff. It's- the whole universe is at stake, but our heroes could beat this one guy. That'll solve everything. <laughs> so we get a pretty awesome like three-way battle. Thor 
Thor turns into fucking a fucking awesome like Viking uh, thunder god. Like he's got the his long beard is all braided now, yeah. and he's oh we forgot to mention he grabbed a Mjolnir while he was in uh, past oh, yeah. Asgard. So he's now got he's both got weapons. Yeah, so he's got both of them whipping them around. Uh, Iron Man's doing his shit. Captain America's doing his shit. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Rhodey and Rocket are almost drowning. Hulk's like holding up like half the building on top of them to keep it from crushing people. Uh, Ant Man comes to help him. <clears throat> well, yeah, I don't know. The big, the big Everybody's thing is the... giving stuff to do. I yeah. love that. they do a really good job of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of the big focus is yeah, the big three versus versus Thanos. It's a pretty fucking awesome battle. Like they're just yeah. the living shit out of each other. That's awesome. And then um, as the two armies arrive and all fucking hell breaks loose, I'm like, it's yeah. pretty badass. Well, the first big moment is that uh, Thanos has, has Thor trapped down, and he's gonna push push uh, his axe like into his chest, like sort of like what yeah. Thor was trying to do to him in the last movie. And then we just see Mjolnir like go up out of frame, and then it comes flying into the screen and bashes Thanos in the head, and then it comes flying back. This is when everybody in my theater erupted with the loudest thing I've ever heard, and we cut to Captain America catching it and wielding Mjolnir for the first time in the in the in the movie universe. Yeah, like I said, everybody just went nuts in the theater. It's, which is awesome. Well, and, yeah, and it's just Captain America. I think is the best developed character in the MCU. Yeah, um, I think he's he's the one that has this. He represents sort of the old school superhero values, and he's sort mm-hmm. of fought to maintain those even with everything that's gone on. And that's basically the plot of like Winter Soldier for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, and you know, he's fought to do that the whole time and the fact that he's finally being redeemed for it that he's finally getting this reward of being told that he's so worthy it's like yeah it it makes your heart skip a beat for how happy you are to see that guy get that you're just like oh my god finally finally (laughs) the universe is recognizing how good a person this is finally things are going to go right for him yeah it's funny i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it it's it's such a fucking awesome scene it's it's just pure nerd stuff. Like if oh, you yeah. tried to explain this to a normie, they wouldn't get it. But it's just it's yeah. it's so fucking perfect that he finally gets to do this. Especially when you when we get the ending that's coming. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah, you're just you're just genuinely happy for him, and he's wearing that old school uniform too. Yeah, you know it's <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's just a great visual of him. Because he's wielding the shield, and then he has the hammer in his hand, yeah. and it's just like, oh my god! Like this is the best. Plus, he's, he does the he does the twirly the hammer and throw it and hang onto it, so he goes flying with. It. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just I mean, it's something that's happened in the comics, so they've kind of teased it a little bit in Age of Ultron, where yeah. he moves it just like a tiny little bit. But yeah, to finally get to see it, like it was. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. I was so excited. Um Yeah, and then uh then the armies show up. We get we get the awesome scene where everybody's been downed and Captain America stands up, his shield's like cut in half. Yeah. 
and he just looks at it and he was like, oh, fuck. Is he going to, because he, I couldn't tell. It's like, is he just going to drop it and then like go, go fist to fist? But he just grabs that strap and tightens it on his arm. Like, all right, let's fucking do this. That little moment. I mean, it was such a fan service moment, but I don't yeah. care. I just yeah. fucking loved watching him strap that back on. Like, <laughs> yeah. He didn't have to say, well, I could do this all day. We all know we can do it all day. <laughs> I kind of wanted to see him throw the shield at somebody and have it stick in him. Broken edges. Uh, and this is a point, at this point, I had completely forgot. I had completely forgot, essentially, that they had completed their goal. Because yeah. I'm just like, oh, this is this is it. This is how it's going I was, down. I was so caught up in the moment that I kind of was surprised when everybody else showed up. I'm like, how are yeah. they going to beat all of these things? Yeah, you get Sam coming over the radio like, Cap, Cap, do you read me? And he's like, yeah. And then you get the on your left line, which is awesome. Yeah. And then the fucking doctor, the sorcerer, like fucking, I don't know what the fuck you call them. The portals start opening up. Oh, God. People, everybody just comes walking through. Oh, my God. It was so amazing. Yeah. And the thing is, and this is, this is the thing. You've watched 22 movies now, and there's so many superhero characters. And this is when you see them, they finally all, all of them, converge into one space as they're all coming through these portals. And even, like, yeah. stuff that I hadn't really thought about, like, Wasp shows up and, you know, pops up out of yeah. her normal form, and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, she's even there. Like, everybody is just like, all right, it's game time. Like, somewhere, as they're battling Thanos, someone, like, strange or whatever is coordinating this entire, like... We need to get everybody to this one point. So let's yeah, it's it's the strange and the other sorcerers that are doing it because it's their portals, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's also the fact that like I, I got thinking about it because I started to think, oh, this is nonsense. Oh, this, and then I started realizing, like, no, like T'Challa would have had the entire army still assembled because they would all just poof back into existence right where they were when Thanos snapped, right? Yeah. So they would all be together, and then it's just a matter of opening a portal and saying the fight's this way. And of course, that army is just going to walk through it, right? Of course. Yeah, and it's just like, because yeah, Thanos' army shows up. That's when you're like, oh shit, like this is horrible. But then you get the on your left, and then the portals open, and yeah, out comes out comes Wakandan soldiers, out comes Asgardians. Uh, I don't know any number of other. Yeah, everyone People you can think of. We won't try to do an exhaustive list because there's no. no way we'll get them all right. Just all the heroes, all the armies show up, and then Steve, Steve, Steve gets to give that awesome, just like, all right, well, this is happening. And then he just looks straight ahead and does the Avengers assemble, and oh. then everybody just goes to fucking war. And it's just like, oh my god, like we've we've gotten 22 movies to get to that exact point and that is has been completely worth it over 11 years yeah you know what i love too is that during the battle we still get tons of cool character moments still happening mm-hmm. uh, we still get you know and my personal favorite is that moment when tony sees peter yeah and he just he realizes that everything he's done like because that's Tony's relationship with Peter is so important to his overall character arc because he's never taken responsibility for his mm-hmm. screw-ups before, right? Like, yeah. Ultron was Tony Stark's fault, right? And, you know, the even in the first Iron Man, the fact, he developed all the technology that the bad guys were using. 
it, it's always been his fault. He's never really accepted responsibility for it. Kind of becoming Iron Man was about that. It was about trying to say, like, I'm going to push back a bit, but he's never really taken on full responsibility. With Peter, he took on responsibility. He took on that sort of fatherly role, and he tried to protect him, and when he failed, it really affected him. And when he sees him, and he grabs him, and he hugs him, and I'm just like, like part of it is my love for both of those characters dating back to well before these movies existed. But man, I fucking, like, I teared up in the theater when those guys oh. hugged. And I'm just like, I'm like, thinking about that moment in Homecoming, when like when uh, Parker goes to hug him and he's like he says something to the effect of like we're not there yet kid and I'm like yeah. now they are there like that's <laughs> such an amazing like culminating moment for me and I'm just like I'm loving it oh, I'm yeah. sure, like people who have different favorite characters are probably thinking about their different favorite moments here of these mm-hmm. people. like somebody Ant-Man is somebody's favorite superhero and so when he sees Wasp for the first time I'm sure that that's like a big moment for them you know and all those different moments that keep occurring and they're just feeding them all to you and like they're great yeah it's fantastic yeah no i i cried multiple times during this movie so and on on multiple days since i saw it twice so (laughs) yeah i'm not promising that i won't next time either yeah because i i'm just like i'll be fine this time it's like oh i'm not i'm not um yeah, seeing him, he just Peter, of course, just starts rattling off all this random shit. <laughs> he well, he's like, remember him. when I got dusty and then I guess I passed out? I don't know. But then I woke up and you were gone. But then Doctor Strange said it's been five years. And he, he clearly doesn't understand. But he's just trying to figure it out. And Iron Man's like, yeah, there's a war going on. <laughs> yeah, just grabs him and hugs him. And then yeah. Peter's just like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. so then they come up with the idea of well we need to get the t- stones out of here so the best way to do it is to send them back to the past but the quantum generator or whatever the fuck it's called has been destroyed but it t- turns out the one in ant-man's van is still active so of course that's across the battlefield which causes clint to have to like football run through this this uh war that's going on with the gauntlet and then of course it starts getting passed from character to character so they all get their moment with the gauntlet uh black panther takes it and then spider-man takes it we finally get to see uh his suits insta kill activated and the fucking arms just come out and just start attacking whatever those creatures are they're jumping all over them um and then uh of course oh we forgot to bring up that uh they start just like firing down but then all of a sudden his ship starts firing at something in the sky and then there comes captain marvel streaking through the sky and destroys the ship and she gets uh peter gives her the gauntlet and he's like but i don't know how you're gonna get there because they just show fucking leviathans and entire army standing in her way and weirdly enough i was the only person that clapped for this in my theater but then like all the female superheroes show up and it's like no she's not she's not alone or whatever like we're gonna help her and all the female superheroes show up and they pretty much just all just charge into the into the fray to clear a spot for her to get through and i was like you're all a bunch of sexist bastards nobody nobody got excited for it everybody got excited for for spider-man and we all knew he was coming back anyway there you are. 
Sorry. No, it's fine. My, my internet crapped out, but this is important. So I am officially stealing Wi-Fi from my neighbors right now. Oh, nice. Well, I was just commenting how uh, how Captain Marvel, we forgot to mention Captain Marvel, comes in, destroys Thanos' ship. Yeah. And then gets the gauntlet, and I'm like, I got. I was the only person in my theater. I started clapping when, when uh, Peter's like, "How are you gonna get through that?" And then she's, she's like, "Oh, she's not alone." And then all the female superheroes step up, and I was like, "Yeah!" And then nobody else did. And I'm like, "Y'all, a bunch of sexy bastards." All right, so here's here's where I'm the asshole, though. <laughs> oh no! I'm just gonna say that felt like such a forced social justice warrior type moment. It just felt like really we got to do this in the middle of it like it's not like all those characters have a history together or anything like that i mean like mm-hmm. and i just like i don't really we just have to do the girl power moment do we really need that right now <laughs> I, it, it, it bugged me it just felt like it pulled me out of the movement movie for a moment and they were just like look 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 girls are superheroes too and i'm like i, I know i just saw captain marvel and i went on and on about how much i liked it and you know didn't complain about it during the entire movie whose primary goal was to be a girl power movie but right now i'm trying to watch my avengers movie so i don't know because and I, as i got thinking about it like they had the similar moment in infinity war and it didn't bother me at all so there's just something about the way this one was executed and i think it has mostly to do with all these characters who haven't met are just all of a sudden coming together on the basis of being female it feels like one of those like gimmick moments you know hmm. i don't know it didn't bother me so um so she's about to charge the the gauntlet into the um quantum generator and of course, Thanos destroys the generator. So then it's like, fuck. This no is where we're at. <laughs> uh, then we get, yeah, Thanos putting the gauntlet on. And you're just like, fuck. And <laughs> you're like, if they hadn't done this to his last movie. <laughs> uh, so he puts it on and he's charged by uh, Iron Man, who then gets promptly thrown off of him into, the, into a corner. And Thanos yep. lifts his hands up, snaps, and nothing happens. And he turns the gauntlet over and sees it's empty. And then cut to one of the most badass scenes of Iron Man standing there as he puts his hand up. And all the gems, like, climb up his arm and stuff onto his gauntlet. Yeah. Because Thanos did his line, like, I am inevitable. Snaps yeah. his fingers, nothing happens. And then cut to Iron Man with his own version of the gauntlet. Who says I am Iron Man and then snaps his fingers and then all of Thanos' armies and uh, Leviathans and shit just start dusting. Yeah. And then we get Thanos just sort of like, well, fuck. <laughs> wanders over, sits down, looks reposed like, oh shit. And then he slowly just dusts himself and then it's all fucking over finally. <laughs> As he as he dusts, though, like it takes so long, and when it finally starts to happen, you're like, the anticipation is so cool. Yeah, it is really just this horrific death that like we've been waiting for for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to the sad stuff, I do want to bring up 
something I forgot to bring up, which is Ant-Man turns into Giant-Man. Yeah. Saves, saves Hulk and Rocket and all of them from underneath the thing. But then runs into battle and just straight up punches one of those Leviathan things right in the face. Yeah. Fucking awesome. It's so good. Because we saw Hulk punching at them back in like the first Avengers. Uh-huh. And, you know, even Hulk takes a while for him to take one down. But you, put, you make Ant-Man that big and just have him punch him. <laughs> so good. Um, so yeah, so this is where we get Tony like pretty much half burned to death or whatever it is that happens to people when they use this. Yeah, he looks rough. I know that. Yeah, yeah he's all tore up and he just kind of falls off and sits up and then, you know, Rhodey kind of looks at him and Rhodey you can tell Rhodey knows. He's just like, this yeah. is this is not good. So Spider-Man comes over, does his whole, like, tearful type thing. Like, no, this can't be it. And then Pepper comes in and tells him, like, we're going to be okay. You can rest now. And that's when everybody in my theater started, like, sobbing like crazy. Yeah, it was a pretty touching moment because he... And it's, yeah. it's just... It's so cheesy, but it's that perfect callback moment at the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie where she told him to do this so that people could rest kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. And then, I mean, uh, it, it, it's full-on cheesy, but it works really well. Oh, and, it works and, in this movie. I also think like Marvel does the smart thing where it's not like everybody gathers around Iron Man. It's the people mm-hmm. he had a personal relationship with. It's his wife and his best friend and his, the kid he was mentoring yeah. are the ones that show up there at that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see uh, his chest piece. His chest piece, the light on his chest piece goes out. Yeah. That's it. Um, I do like that his last line in this movie was the last line from his first movie. Which yeah. is Iron, Iron Man. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it was a perfect, perfect setup. Now, they did give him some voiceover stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I guess that's I'd true. Kinda, I kind of hoped that Iron, Iron Man would be his last line. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, he recorded some holographic thing, like if this time travel thing works. So, we get to say goodbye to everybody. Yeah. And then uh, cut to us at his funeral, and pretty much everybody's there. Everybody's there represented in some way, shape, or form. Um, they do that thing where they send off the wreath with the the little trophy thing that Pepper had made for him from the first movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just kind of get a shot of everybody. Nice little camera pan to everybody who's sort of been involved with the Marvel Universe since yeah. then, superhero-wise. A lot of fucking people show up. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, you would have them all there and everything holds up. It's just... It's so fucking empowering to see how many people are part of this universe now. Hmm. Um, you, every time I see Michael Douglas, I'm just like, Michael fucking Douglas is a superhero now. <laughs> it's so great to me because it just feels like we. It feels like a victory for us. Like that wouldn't have happened if this universe had kicked off ten years earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did you get who that kid was? I assume he's the kid from Iron Man Three. You are much better than I am. That's what I took it as. Because I'm just like, who is that kid? And like, Amanda asked me on the way home too, and I'm like, I don't know. 
And then we went home and like looked up some videos and stuff, and they had pointed out that it's the kid from part three. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I feel stupid for not knowing that. And I got nervous for a second because there is apparently a, a comic storyline that I've never read where like Iron Man's soul gets infused in like a teenager body and they yeah. <laughs> just have him become Iron Man. I'm like, they didn't do that, did they? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh no, wait, the kid from part three. It's got to be the kid from part three. I don't, is it the same actor or do we know? Uh, it is the same actor, yes. Okay. So, yeah. So it was good. I mean, continuity wise, it all makes sense. He played a big, a big point. Tony played a big point in his life. You know, he set him up with all that equipment or whatever, and I'm sure probably kept all that stuff up after after that story was over. Um, yeah, it was a nice little send off for for Iron Man, and then uh, then we get uh, Captain America. He's going to take all the all the stones back along with Mjolnir. Yeah. Which I, I love the idea that after all this, Captain America's mission isn't done. Yeah. We've been given the information previously that the stones have to be returned to the exact moment, which is when they were taken. Mm-hmm. And sure, who's who else is going to do it? <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sam even says, like, I can come with you. And he's like, nah, this is basically something I need to do. Yeah, this is my fight. Which, I mean, I guess it's a lot easier job to put the stones back than it would be to take them. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. Uh, they throw out that, yeah, and like, yeah, he'll take all the time he needs, but he should uh, he should be gone for like 10 seconds for us. Yeah. So, hops on the thing. Bam, gone. All right, he's coming back. And then doesn't show up. And then... Uh, basically, Hulk says, "Yeah, I don't know. He skipped right past his his uh, jump off point or whatever the fuck they call it." Yeah. And then, cut to yeah, the uh, Bucky noticing, calls Sam over. There's an old guy sitting on this bench over here, and of course, it's old man Captain America, who decided in uh, some other time travel thing they talk, they talked about the like. He came back to this point like the long way around, and that's essentially what he did. He just, we find out he went, lived his life, and he knew on a certain date he had to be at this point. It's funny because they're like a, in like a park, and he's just, apparently he was sitting over on that bench while they were like shipping <laughs> the younger version of him off, and he just stayed out of it. <laughs> So they go over. Uh, Sam has a nice little talk with them. And basically, they take that moment to pass the torch of Captain America over to Sam. Um, skipping right over Bucky, which everybody... Again, I think everybody was expecting it to be Bucky that was going to take over being Captain America. But uh, that was, uh, that's one where I was like, I wasn't sure which one of them would get it. I, I assumed one of them would. Yeah. And... You know, either way, it's going to be hard to do a Captain America movie coming up. He's probably going to be a side character in some other movie. Well, uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon are supposed to have their own series on that Disney Plus. Yeah, thing. so that's fine. Yeah, they can, they can be Captain America on there. Yeah. Um, you know, I just don't the, think we're going to have a big Captain America movie anytime soon. No. With Sam holding a shield. Yeah, no. Or, or anyone like. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then we get we get to see where he went, which was that he went back in time, and of course, ended up with Peggy. So the last shot of the movie is them slow dancing, and then cut to credits. Yeah, which uh, I think is the perfect ending for this movie. It's yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing, like I've been saying from day one, like. I, th- I assumed Captain America would die, but I thought he was the perfect character. He's earned retiring. He's the only like character that I thought like that guy. He's never like done anything wrong, and he should just get to go and live his life. And it never occurred to me that he would get to live a full life. I assumed he'd retire now, and just you know what I mean. And that's kind of how I was anticipating this ending was them kind of putting him out to pasture so that they could go get him at a later date having him passing the mantle and moving on. But to then go back and do it this way, I think it's just, I was so happy for him that he got to live the life he wanted. Yeah. And I was also like super excited for the way the MCU figured out how to have a happy ending and a sad ending to the same movie by just having two fucking, like you're, you're bringing these two iconic characters to a close and you managed to do it in such a way that, one gets a super happy ending and one gets a super sad ending and it just all felt right. I don't know. Yeah. It was, yeah, like I said, just the perfect, perfect way to sort of wrap up this entire phase of the Marvel universe so far. Yeah. And I think the whole movie was like a really good love letter to like everything. It really was. I mean, it it was a good throwback. There were good throwback moments. There was lots of, finishing off of character arcs like i say even ones where that didn't go the way i expected i think they went in a very logical way mm-hmm. like the moment i saw black widow sitting behind the desk at avengers headquarters kind of running things i'm like of course she is where was she gonna go when the rest of the avengers left what was she gonna go do mm-hmm. this is all she knows right yeah it raises a lot of very interesting questions about where it's gonna go from here um yeah, I don't even. I can't even predict anything. Anything. I I love that Thor hopped on the yeah the Guardians ship and immediately started thinking he was the captain. <laughs> Still fat and out of shape. Him and Quill going back and forth was pretty funny. Which um, I hope he shows up in the Guardians three. I. Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, they made it pretty clear that it doesn't look like they want to bring Gamora back. So you've got yeah. to rebuild that crew. Well, this I is think part of the, fits in well with them. This is part of the time travel thing that is weird to me. Because they basically said, that, like, we can't change anything in the past. So we got to take the stones, we got to bring them back so that everything still happens the way it happened leading up to that point. But then, like, Thanos from the past comes to the future and then gets killed. So yeah. obviously he's not there to... Go no, and everything still happened the way it happened. That's the line. Of, that's the line of dialogue in the movie. You're right; it doesn't make sense. But there's no ver. There's a reason why time travel is impossible, and it doesn't exist in the real world. Is because there's no version of it that actually makes sense, right? Yeah. So, yeah, they in their version, everything are that stuff already happened, so it doesn't matter. And as long as you put the stone back, it doesn't. Nothing else matters. It doesn't yeah. really. You're right. It creates some sort of paradox, but that's fine. Yeah. And so then, the Gamora from the past is also in the 
present. Yeah. So, oh, that's an interesting point. I don't know where so she then, went like, in the movie. Yeah, so we don't know what happened to her. Amanda says, well, since she came with Thanos, wouldn't she be dusted along with everything else? But I'm That like, makes sense. I don't know, but then doesn't that mean Nebula from the past gets dusted? And if she gets dusted in the past, what? Like, ah. No, no, you can't. You got to get that out of your head that if she got dusted in the past, she wouldn't exist in the future. I know. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, technically, there is a Gamora running around. Just well, no. Maybe. I, I, I like what Amanda said. I assume she got dusted. Okay. So, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, but, but Quill does pull up the thing and says searching for Gamora, so I don't know. We'll, well find out. Maybe the third movie is them looking for her. Yeah, maybe she still does exist in this Guardian Street search for Gamora. Makes yeah. sense. Yeah, some other, some other franchises have done similar things, exactly. Um, now the other thing, okay, so the reason we know Gamora's dead mm-hmm. is because we're told very explicitly. You cannot reverse the death for getting the yes the stone. However, we're also told that Captain America went back and put the stone back. Mm-hmm. So does he get a soul back? I don't know. If it's a soul for a soul, does he get the soul back when he returns the stone? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the rule is on that, but does he get to pick what stone? Does he get like? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm very curious about that. There's lots with him that I'm curious about too, because if he goes back and spends his life with Peggy, then does that. How does that. Like, does he have to hide, like, when other people come over? Because they're like. <laughs> technically, he's supposed to be in the ice, or supposed to be. We thought he was dead. Yeah. I mean, technically, there's two of him there. There is still one in the ice, right? And then does she have to go to work and be like, ah, oh, I can't believe that my love of my life is still dead? <laughs> she knows, and he's like, back at the house. Yeah. yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> again, time travel's not real, so that's. Yeah. But to sum it all up, I hope Thor is in Guardians Three. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he will be, and I'm excited for it because he interacts really well with those other characters. Mm. And you could could you imagine you have like that, and then you, you could almost have like a Guardians movie and a Thor movie that has the Guardians in it later. Uh, sort of both. Yeah, get the best of both worlds in both movies. So, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm curious what's coming next. I'm also really curious what it's going to be like for Peter Parker to go back to high school. Well, that's another thing me and Amanda were talking about. We're like, she's like, so he comes back and he's just got to go back to high school now, and like, but he does. As far as as far as he knows, it's been like a day, right? Yeah. yeah but- yes, he fought in these epic battles, but. That's part of being a superhero. But then, like, the next movie seems to indicate that all of his friends are still... Well, I guess I guess they were all dusted as well. I don't apparently, know. Apparently, yeah. So there would theoretically be a bunch of kids in there that were have lived through... They were mm-hmm. alive. The snap happened. They lived that five shitty, shitty fucking years of, like, parking lots being turned into trash heaps and people refusing to date and all the other stuff we learned at the beginning... And then all the other kids show back up that, that would now be the same age as them and come back into their classrooms and they got to interact with them. Yeah. 
Not to mention, with school budgets being the way they are, now that particular class of kids is one and a half times the average size. <laughs> yeah, but, then, but then, yeah, it's just like, well, I guess, yeah, if those kids didn't go back to school after the snap happened, do they now, like, go back? And it's like, well, I'm like a 22-year-old senior. Then... I, don't, I don't think so. Like, I assume all the other kids kept going to school, the ones that yeah. I mean, maybe you'd miss few weeks or whatever while they figure shit out but yeah but the like all of peter parker's friends were i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. i know they, they just want to make another movie and that's fine no, <laughs> no, just, no. i i, I she, wouldn't be surprised if they address that somewhere yeah. in the next movie because the the next spider-man movie is supposed to be the official end of marvel phase whatever we're in right phase three yeah okay so that means that they should tie up some of that stuff mm-hmm. yeah we'll see uh, yeah, so I mean, I guess overall, uh, big recommend for me. Definitely a big recommend for me. Yeah, I, I mean, we kind of said when we talked about Infinity War a year ago, like it's not a good standalone movie. It's a great tie-up of this oh, universe, yeah. and that's what this is. Like they, they really nailed putting the whole universe together. I haven't even read a bad review of this movie yet. Let alone, no. I see. I haven't seen like a Facebook comment on it. Yeah, I've seen some. I've seen people that were just like, they're either like, oh, I don't watch Marvel movies, so they're trying. Yeah, to, there's always that. Trying to be the hipsters, but then I've seen other people like, eh, I was underwhelmed by it, and I'm like, how the fuck could you be underwhelmed by this movie? I thought this yeah. movie was amazing. Yeah, and I mean, I'd almost, I could almost understand somebody not liking it more so than being underwhelmed by it. I mean, a lot goes on. Uh, like I say, I, I have my criticisms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hulk, I wasn't, I didn't like the way Hulk was handled, which is kind of a big deal. He was one of the main Avengers, right? Yeah. Um, I would have liked to have seen, yeah, I would have liked to have seen a story arc for him where he was Banner and then he Hulked well, out at the end kind of thing. Yeah. You got to be Banner for like five minutes in spirit form. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a, that was a cool moment when she just tapped him on the chest and the yeah. weird separation thingy that they can do. <laughs> yeah, he's all like, "I need that gem," and he's like, "I wasn't asking." And he's like, "He's just gonna snatch it off her chest," and he's like, "No, no, no, that's not how this works." You don't know who you're messing with. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I loved it. Uh, you loved it. Yeah, we know for the record, for the, anyone who's wondering, we do know that Noah loved it. <laughs> He's yeah. just not here to tell us. Yeah, he was all hopped up on Benadryl. He's like, I need to go to bed. But yeah, he was pretty excited. Yeah. So, so we'll have to see what he says next week, but I'm sure yeah. there'll be a bunch of slobbering over the same stuff that we did. Yeah, I I mean, again, I guess to reiterate, like the final point is just like, they nailed all the character stuff. The action is good. It's not, there's not really any great action sequences that are blow your mind kind of moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, Captain America fighting Captain America is cool, but there's nothing particularly special about the fight. It's the character moments that they really nailed, and that's what's important in widening up this universe. I think that's yeah. part of like, not, not to turn it into a DC bashing, but that's what DC gets wrong, is they spend all their time concentrating on the violence and the how do we how do we make everything look just right how do we make the 
final fight seem big and it's like yeah but if nobody gives a shit about the people who are in the final fight then it doesn't matter yeah yeah i agree um i think it's just the perfect culmination of 22 movies in 11 years they somehow figured out a way to make it all make it all uh count and actually wrap up everything i feel in a very satisfying yeah man so it, it almost makes you wonder if they closed it off too much yeah. Like, is this gonna? This is gonna hurt their box office. I think going forward, because people are gonna say, "Okay, it's over." And mm-hmm. you know, not you or I. You and yeah. I are gonna see the next movies, but there are gonna be people. Oh, totally. There are gonna be people who say, "Like, yeah, eleven years and twenty-two movies, and you gave us our ending. We don't need a lot more." Yeah, because I just can't imagine like moving forward with, you know, another Doctor Strange movie, uh, another Black Panther. Another Spider-Man movie. I mean, they're all happening. So, but I, I, mean, I don't at think the there'll end be of the another. Day, like, if we do another eleven years, and then they got to wrap all that shit up, like, do you feel like you're even going to get as close to a a perfect ending like you did with this movie? Like, I just don't feel like they can get there again. No, I think going forward, you're gonna like. I think we got our ending to our Avengers arc. Mm-hmm. Um, and. The Avengers arc is officially over now. And now we're going to have the new team will be X-Men probably, right? You're going to have X-Men, you're going to have Fantastic Four. Eventually there'll be giant crossover movies where all of them come together. Yeah. Yeah. From what I've heard, Kevin Feige has said not to expect any of those characters soon that they've already mapped out. Yeah. And they're going to do so. Well, phase four is a cosmic phase. It happens Mm. in outer space. And we'll get, I think we'll get scattered in there. We'll get Spider-Man movies and Ant-Man movies to keep us grounded a little bit. Mm-hmm. But our main battles are going to be bigger battles in outer space coming out. So I don't, and I don't know how much I like that. Like I, I like the more personal stories. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sad that the Russo brothers aren't going to be doing Marvel movies anymore. Yeah. Can't blame them though. Jesus Christ. Oh, the amount of work they must have put in over the last like five years since they started working on like Winter Soldier. Yeah, I like, can't it's not even. Not that imagine. long ago. It's probably a good thing there's two of them, because <laughs> yeah. otherwise they probably would have gotten mad by now. It was fucking when they started jumping through time, and I realized, oh yeah, like the first Avengers movie was 2012. That was seven years ago. A lot has happened in seven years. Yeah. And just remember, that was Joss Whedon. That's when we were like, oh my god, Joss Whedon's doing an Avengers movie? Like, this is amazing. How are they ever going to get all four of those characters into one movie? How will they ever have enough screen time for all four of them? (laughs) (laughs) Joke. (laughs) Uh, Like, that's paltry. (laughs) It's just, it's so quaint. It's like, it's like when your kids are like, throwing throwing a ball and they're like I bet I can throw it all the way over there and you're like if I wanted to I could throw it the whole length of the yard without even really trying but I better pretend that's far to make them happy so that's sort of how it feels like when you think back to that first Avengers movie now <laughs> uh, it's like how is somebody going to have how is everybody going to have enough to do enough screen time it's like oh <laughs> Jesus Christ just wait just wait Joss till, you, till yeah. like yeah until 2019 it's like yeah uh, it's kind of hilarious.